Welcome to the PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller, David Wynn, and Miles Free. Hi, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller and David Wynn have joined me today, and we are going to discuss the changes regarding the steel market update and how we can deal with no more domestic 12L14. Welcome, Carly. Welcome, David. Thanks, Miles. Thank you, Miles. All right, you did a video on this, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago when this first came out, giving everybody an update on steel. Is that what's prompting this podcast? It, It is indeed. My inbox has been full, runneth over, so to speak. You're very popular right now. I'm very popular with people who... We're currently using 12L14. They've just discovered that any 12L14 they get now will be coming from overseas, and they'd like to know if they had domestic alternatives. And they have domestic alternatives for 1215, but not 12L. The 12L is coming from Europe, principally Sarstall and uh, Middle, and uh, there's even some coming in from Gerdau in Brazil. So the lead is foreign and people want to know what are my options. All right, well, for the listeners who might have missed that video and who could have missed that video, do you want to fill them in as to why suddenly this is an issue? Well, Republic Steel was the only uh, steel mill in the United States that had an EPA permit to melt leaded steel for bar stock. And Republic Steel was uh, uh, shuttered Two weeks ago, they announced the closing of the uh, Canton melt shop and the Lackawanna rolling mill, and 500 people were put on on leave. So uh, no longer available is 12L14 domestic melt. Now, I have to say, I have been the, we're going to make lead. I've been fighting this, lead's going away since I started it. Yeah, even before I started a PMPA in 2003. It's been like 20-some years when you Abs- started this. Absolutely. You know, my grandfather always told me to get the lead out, but somebody took this way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did indeed. They did indeed. So I, I think, David, why don't you help people understand how lead helps in our machine shops, why you prefer to run leaded materials, whether they're steel or brass, Although we're going to continue to talk about steel in in this particular podcast. Yeah, you know, with leaded steel, I generally always see somewhere between a 25 and 33% better machinability. So you're going to get a higher surface foot. The chip's going to break better. Uh, Miles can explain to you why the chip breaks better. But the chip breaks better, you get just a whole lot more production. Because when you've got stringy, nasty chips, like in a nickel grade, you've got to stop the machine and clean out. If you're getting those nice, pretty sixes and nines, you can run all day and night. And and that really makes a big difference. And if you can take a complicated grade and put lead in it, and it changes everything. It it is a game changer. And uh, if if you take the lead out, you can bleed cash because you're going to shut down more to clear those chip birds' nests. You're going to shut down more because... You can't get as many pounds of those sixes and nines in if you've got these bird nests. You don't get the density in, in your in your swarf bucket. So um, your cycle times are going to go up. Your downtime is going to go up. And you know we we 
don't charge for downtime. That's we right. Just if you're it. not making chips, you're not making money. You know, that's the that's the key. And so without the lead, that's going to change a lot of things. When you look at the just across the board in the automotive industry and um, especially in the hydraulics industry, a lot of these fittings are 12L. And then you start looking and going from a 20 second cycle time to a 30 to 40 second cycle time. That's a huge increase in cost to the customer. And that's not including probably having to get paid more on jobs because of downtime and quality issues. Absolutely. And one of the hidden factors here is if you're going from 12L14 to 12L15, the 12L15 you're going to get here in the States probably is electric furnace melt. And because it's electric furnace melt, it likely has higher nitrogen than the 12L14 your customer has been used to getting from you out of Europe or out of Republic. So that nitrogen can result in cold work and crimp problems. So it, it moving to 1215, just saying, okay, I'm gonna just use 1215, you may end up with problems at your customer when they find that this material doesn't cold work, crimp, swage, steak, or whatever, uh, as, as well as the 12L used to. Yeah, and if you're doing thread rolling, knurling, and, and sorts of cold finishing operations in your screw machine or even as a secondary, you're gonna have a lot of problems with the 1215 with higher nitrogen. Absolutely. So what are we talking about here today? We're talking about dealing with no, like going from leaded to unleaded, or what are our, 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 our wow, that's just got stuck, alternatives Alternatives. 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 <laughs> no turn millingtives. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so. The puns just keep flying. <laughs> well, who has more fun than, than us, really? That's true. That's true. So, yes, I think there's two levels that we can talk about. We can talk about the market availability that if we're going to get lead, you just need to know that it's coming from overseas. And so if the customer insists on it being domestic steel, um, 12L14 that's available in the market now is not gonna meet that. So that's one. The second aspect of that is if you're using a domestic replacement, that'd be 1215. It's not gonna have the lead, it's gonna run 25 to 30% slower using David's experience. Um, you're gonna have, it's gonna seem more abrasive. It's not really more abrasive, but the tool wear is going to be increased, and your your cycle time is going to be longer, and you're going to have less uptime in your operation as well. So, and you'll probably need more tools. So, there's going to be an expense. Some people throw on those high pressure or high velocity pumps uh, when they moved from from lead to 1215 back in the day, uh, but those are some of the things that you can deal with regarding the supply. But bottom line, if you move from 12L and move to 1215 and it's coming out of electric furnaces, you really need to be on the lookout for cold work uh, implications after, after machining because if there's substantial cold movement of the steel um, and it's electric furnace, there is a possibility, an increased possibility in uh, failure during crimping. 
Yeah, if you're running, you know, cable ends, cable parts, brake cable parts, if you're running hydraulic fittings that are getting staked on hoses and you're switching to 1215 with the higher nitrogen, you could have cracking problems. And so you may get customer complaints. So that's about the supply. What do we do in our shops now? Yeah, so if if we've if we've made that decision to go with the 1215, we're going to have to make some changes. So David, we're moving from 12L to 1215. What do we do with our speeds? Well, we're going to have to slow our spindle speeds down. Um, we can try slowing the speeds down and using different grades of tool stills and, and picking our feed rates up to maybe gain some of that, but we'll have to watch surface finishing. Yeah. Um, we would probably try. Can you? It, it's not the easiest thing to do, but couldn't we try to increase the feed at the same time to try and keep the cubic inches of removal the same? We could attempt that. And so, and if you've got a job where you've got tight surface finishing, and maybe you you could use some different strategies like increasing the radius on the tool and being able to feed it harder, and you would maintain surface footage. Uh, you could maintain cubic feet of material and also maintain surface finish, not surface footage. But then you've got to be careful. So like if you're turning up against walls, you may have to add an additional operation with a form tool or a groover where you come in and break, break that, radius that radius down. So you went from a small radius tool to a large radius tool. Yeah. So while we're talking about tools, our tool wear is going to in, increase, uh, right? Uh, what else yes. can we do? Do we need to change rake angles? What about clearance? Um, yeah, rake angles is a possibility. Probably coatings would be the biggest thing because you're you're losing that lubricity you get from the lead. And so looking for coatings that are more general steel coatings. With lead, it's very forgiving. You can use about anything on it. And so when you're going to general steel, you can, you're can you going to have to start talking to your tooling suppliers and find out what they've developed and what's going to get you an adequate surface finish and adequate edge life. So the bad news was we lost expensive lead. The good news is we're replacing it with probably less expensive 1215. The bad news again is now I've got to have more expensive tools and coating technology to keep up with it. Is that right? Yeah. And, and you know, the, a big thing of it is probably the initial cost of the tools in the long run may not be that much more expensive. There'll be a, a cost increase, but let's say five to 10%. But it's going to be that engineering cost that you're not getting paid for in the shop where you've got to re-engineer your jobs and you're taking four or five six hours trying to figure out on the phone talking to cutting tool suppliers how you need to change rake angles and coatings very good so i'll just make the casual observation as as the met guy that uh when i take the lead out uh i'm really going to increase the temperature on this on on the workpiece because that lead was an in-place lubricant right there in the cutting zone, and it's gone, and it was taking heat out as it melted, and 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 so as well as reducing friction. So now I've got extra heat burden on my operation. David, what should we do? Well, that's really where so the coating of the tool comes in because you've got to have a coating that will stand up to that heat, but that you also have to look at your coolant. Um, what are you using to cool your tool? Are you using oils? Is your oil providing adequate uh, cooling? Or are you going to have to switch to a water-based coolant, which is going to provide better cooling at the, at the cutting tip? Okay, so what I'm hearing is the steel changes have happened. So what, what summarize, what are the options? 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll let David talk about the second set of options. The first set of options is you, you need to have a conversation with your customer, contract review, and explain what, what the options are. You can bring in uh, 12L14 that's going to be available now. That's going to be foreign melt, not U.S. And if they're cool with that, that's fine. They won't notice a difference. On the other hand, if they insist they've got to have steel that's made in the USA, that's probably going to be 1215. That could have nitrogen. That's going to impact your machining, and it's going to possibly impact their ability to actually manufacture their part by crimping or staking. David can tell you what's going to happen in our shops if we choose that 1215 path. Yeah, and so you're just going to have to look at your jobs in a whole new way and realize that you're not going to be able to do some of the things you used to be able to do. And you have to start going back to the drawing board and looking at your feeds and speeds, looking at your tool coatings, your rake angles, the types of tooling that you're using. So you may have to change your entire setups up where used to you had a certain set of operations. Well, now you've got to add some additional operations in because you've pick tools to help maybe rough and eliminate some of the, the cycle time loss, but now you've got to come back and finish the part we're used to. You could do it complete with the 12L material. But um, you make an excellent point. It's that customer communication and contract review. What can we really do? Are you going to be able to accept foreign material? And in some instances, they're going to have to because if there's a lot of cold work afterwards, 1215 melt in the U.S. may not be an option. I think I think we covered it well. The uh, the thing to remember is with the dis with the loss of lead in your shop uh, on these jobs, you're going to have more heat. So pay attention to the cooling. Use through hole drills. Use through you know tools that deliver the coolant right at the cutting edge. It's no longer enough to just hang those little manually adjustable things and hope they splash on. Um, you're really, as the lead exits, the heat, heat enters stage right. Um, yeah. The 12 oh, the, the too, it's not like a nightmare material to cut. It's fairly easy to cut, and it's comparable to 12L14. But there's just some things that you do have to be mindful of. And one of the things that is an old adage, a lot of the, the old timers would say, you want to see the 12L smoke. Well, that has to do with some of the chemical properties of 12 volt, and I don't know all that stuff that Miles does, but the 1215 really is not something that you want to be pushing that hard. It's a different animal when you're attacking it versus a 12 l 14 Yeah, we have a law in our state. There's no smoking in our shops, whether you're human or 12 l 14 That wraps up today's podcast on dealing with the changes in the U.S. steel market. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can find our knowledge centers filled with articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources for precision machining. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss one. Plus, check out our Speaking of Suppliers podcast, where we talk to PMPA technical members and learn about how they can help our shops. If you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to learn how we can help you thrive and why is a PMPA membership important, Carly and David? Because, because we, we are better, better together. together.
Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision.